0: Welcome back to DevCast. Today I will talk with a real hidden star of SVG, but we will not talk about SVG, so that's Will be a pro- bit problematic, I think, in this podcast because I, I really want to bo- talk about SVD, but we should, we should not do that today. We should talk about the data driven or visualization on the internet and especially one uh, JavaScript library called D3. And to talk with me about that today, I have a Canadian girl called Emilia. Bella May Royds. was it the right pronunciation of your name? That,
1: that's right. Thank okay,
0: you. and uh, you're a really famous uh, guy when I saw you on uh, on the internet. You have written several books about SVG and you're part of the SVG working group and so on. But anyway, Emilia, welcome to my podcast. Who who oh, are I'm you?
1: Me. Who am I?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> you've <laughs> covered <laughs> a lot of it. Uh the the background is um, I've studied science. I've worked in science policy and into journalism, and from there uh, tried to find find a unique space being uh, working on using graphics and using the web to more effectively communicate. Uh, technical topics and statistics and so that's when i got into d3 and it was from d3 getting into svg because um svg is is the core tool that what you're doing to build all these uh visualizations so uh talking about d3 is kind of taking a step back for me and focusing on why i was Interested in SVG in the first place?
0: Yeah, it could be hard for us sometimes to to not talk so much about SVG. So um, uh, they, I, be- they I, I beg you, part of- <laughs> yeah, they are very related. And for me, it was also a rediscovery of SVG when I started looking into the D3 because at Microsoft we use D3 for for some uh, visualizations we have in our, for example, Power BI tools and so on. So I was trying to do some new visualization. And then they said, use D3. And when I started using D3, I saw it was SVG. So that's, that's my story here. Uh, should we start about d 3 story then? You have been working with D3 for, for several years or something like that, Emilia? Uh, a
1: few, years now. Yeah. A few years, what, years now.
0: Yeah, so what's the story about D3 and what's its place?
1: Well, the short version is D3 is a JavaScript library that makes it easier to manipulate uh, DOM objects so that they are synced up with data objects. And it has also a lot of features that are specifically related to creating data visualizations on the web.
0: So uh, data visualizations, you mean charts and, and this kind of stuff when you say that? Or do you mean more complicated visualizations?
1: Well, the thing about D3 is it's very open-ended. It It's not a charting library where you put in your data and you get back a chart. Um There are charting libraries that are built on top of D3, but the core D3 is very open-ended. So you can use D3 to create a simple columns and bars charts, something like you could easily get out of a Microsoft Excel wizard, those sort of standard charts. But you can also use D3 to create very, unique custom designs with really, it's there are no limits except for what the limits of uh, what you can display on the web with HTML and SVG.
0: So for me, that was the the first experience with DJ. It was rather complex because uh, I Previous, not, not in the fall, I think it was a, a year ago or something like that. I really want to do a very simple line chart. And I was looking on the web and I saw several uh, JavaScript libraries for that. And D3 was, of course, in the top when you search for that. And when I started looking into D3, it was so complex. It was so hard to get... Uh, Get into, I think, because it's uh, it's on a much more uh, lower level, as you say, Amelia. So uh, is that? uh, Do you think that uh, that's uh, a common uh, uh, thing when you when you start looking, for example, for a simple charge, and you come to D three, and it's uh, very different than you uh, you thought it was?
1: Mm. I think that is a problem, and it's people hear about D three, and they know that uh, you know big. Companies are using D3, and so they think it's the best choice. It's not always going to be the best choice if you just want a simple standard chart. Uh, As I said, you can go to one of these chart libraries that are built on top of D3, and um, they can handle most of the little complications yourself. Where getting into D3 yourself is really useful is when you want the full control on the display or you think that the data needs something that can't really be summed up in a uh, standard chart
0: and that's what why it's called data driven documents and that's i think it's one of the most complicated thing to get your hand head around uh, wrapped your head around how you how to understand that Data-driven. What, what's how is it data-driven? How is it bound to the to the visualization? Could you please explain that
1: for my listeners? Well, the core idea in D3 is that you're working with DOM elements, so elements within the document uh, object model. So that's the document side. But and this, that's, a, pay-
0: th- that's almost like working with jQuery, it's the same, yeah, select. Uh, but
1: the, the difference between jQuery's D3 is the way you pair those uh, doc- uh, document elements or document objects with your data objects, and um, the core feature that's in D3 that isn't in something like jQuery is this idea of the data join. And it's a join in the sense that if you use SQL for databases, you're familiar with joining two tables where you have to match up the entries from one set of data with the entries from the other. And so when you do a data join in D3, you have your array of data objects and you have a selection of DOM objects and you match them up one to each other and then you identify if you've got extra data objects and you need to create DOM objects to match or if you've got extra DOM objects where you've deleted that data and now you need to de- delete uh, or somehow transition out the DOM objects. and so. With this process, it's uh, specifically useful if you're creating dynamic visualizations where you uh, have your data changing and you want your visualization to change in a continuous uh, process so that somebody interacting with your website can see the changes happen and it's not just replacing one chart with another. That that's where D three really excels. So, f- from my point of view, I think this is the heart of D
0: three. To understand this uh, matching between the DOM and the data. Mm-hmm. If you yes. un- if you understand that, I think you understand D three.
1: <laughs> it's certainly it's the most unique uh, aspect, and it's one of the areas that can be. Uh, tricky to get your head around f- at first. And one w- really, you need to get your head around that basic uh, data join and selection process if you're going to do anything with D3. It's it's a very core feature. Uh,
0: uh, we will, of course, talk a bit about SVG, uh, how we render the data. But SVG is not a required... Uh uh, rendering uh, rendering engine that you need to do, have to, to do D3. You can, of course, use HTML and, and other as Canvas and so on. Is it so?
1: Yeah. it's uh, There are special functions in D3 that are specifically for using with SVG, but the core data matching functions, you can do it entirely with HTML if you want to create data tables or data lists that are similarly uh, dynamically matched to uh, your data files. You can do that also in D3 without touching SVG at all. Um, Canvas is a little more complicated because then you don't always have the objects to match up with your uh, data model. So you have to do a little bit more work yourself to. But there are still lots of extra functions in D3 um, that are useful for Canvas. It's it's useful when talking about D3 because it is such a large library to realize that you can kind of break it down into subcomponents. And actually the main author of D3, Mike Bostock, he's uh, in the midst of sort of reorganizing refactoring the library for uh releasing a new major version and one of the big things he's doing is to break it down into distinct modules so that you'll be able to just call in the specific uh library modules that you need for what you're using because there are really many things that Uh, can be useful in specific uh, cases. There are methods for dealing with statistics and just uh, handling arrays in ways that are a little more convenient over the basic JavaScript uh, data handling functions. There are um, are all these... uh, methods for selecting DOM elements and matching them with data. So that's a very important module. But again, if you're using Canvas, it might not be as important.
0: No, I understand that. Is, is it any other, you're, you're um, listing now uh, core features. Is it any other features? We have talked about uh, the DOM and uh, data matching. Is it other core features in D3 that you want to, to highlight for us?
1: Um. Well, we you talked about SVG, there are uh, core features that are specifically visualization related. Um, and many of these actually operate purely on the data side without touching the uh, particular rendering, but just to do all the calculations that you need for various layouts, converting between data and the geoma- geometric representation of the data. The simplest of these layout methods would be the pie chart method where you throw in your array of data objects and tell it which property of each object is your quantity and it will tell you back uh, what are the angles of your pie slices that match up with those. So. Again, it doesn't draw anything right there. It's just giving you the calculations, and then it's up to you whether you use that to uh, draw with canvas or with uh, SVG, whatever you're drawing to represent that uh, layout. So, that's so, uh, the other main branch of D3.
0: So that's more the the. Are you talking now about the, the feature layouts where you can have a bit higher uh, than just the low level functionality where you can uh, you can do pie chart, you can do stacks, and so on.
1: Yeah. So the, so these uh, d3 dot layout methods they are all calculating certain geometrical representations of your data and giving you back um, data objects that represent how your data could be drawn for these uh, layouts.
0: When we talk, uh, when we talked about SVG in the, in the previous podcast, I have we have also, and you have uh, have touched on it already. It's a co- uh, it's about an anima- animations and so on. How how is support for for that in in D3, or is it just the SVG support that uh, D3 uses? Um, it's uh, D3 doesn't have
1: arbitrary animations, but d3 has transitions. It's the main thing where you have current state and final state and it will interpolate in between and it's uh, tied in with the selection uh, process where you're selecting a set of Dom objects and you can set attributes or set styles on objects, but you can also use these transitions so that instead of setting it in a sharp jump, it'll uh, transition the value over time. And so it's s- uh, s- a fa- fairly go- a good implementation of yeah. JavaScript animation. It uses request animation frame and creates a smooth thing and it automatically recognizes most data types like colors so that it can uh, create a proper transition for that data type.
0: So, for example, in my floor map, I did uh, a transition between uh, uh, red and green on the desks. So I said the delay and I said the transition time and I said from from this value to that value. Uh, So it was really simple to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really the interface is such so, so that transitions are really only one extra line compared to just setting the value directly. You just have to add one extra line of code and then the rest of it's the same. So in that sense, it's uh, really convenient. And it, uh, it goes back to one of the best things that D3 is, is creating these visualizations where you're dynamically updating the data. And uh, having these smooth transitions is an important part of that.
0: Yeah, and uh, for... uh... From, from my point of view, that, that, that's the, the real fun stuff when you do a real-time change of the data so you can see when it's updating, especially if you have, for example, sensors that, that, uh, that just give you so much data over short times so, and you can see it uh, flowing and uh, changing the, the layouts or the graphs and so on. Graph, the, the visualization and so on. It's really nice to have DG for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh by the way uh, another feature that D 3 is I think uh, proud of is of course um the possibility to use uh, events and to to uh change the data depending on what you what you as a user um uh, so give to the to, to the to the charts i' say that it, you it, it's a you, you can ah, blah you know what I mean, events. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's uh, very important, and yeah. it
1: relates to the fact that D3 works on top of the document object model. And so if you're using HTML elements or SVG elements, those elements can receive user events. and um,
0: So for example, can go, it, uh, go uh, further uh, inside the data structure and see some part of it and so on
1: yeah so it's a works in a method similar to add event listener in just any uh web javascript but you're using the d3 methods because they work not on a single element at a time but they work on these uh selections of many elements and they keep track of the data objects that you have tied to each element. So if you're using the D3's uh, event listeners, then you can, in your event handler function, you can get past the element and also the data associated with that element, so you can react appropriately in context without uh, getting too lost.
0: Uh, We talk very much about data. Could we discuss a bit how you get the data to to D3?
1: Well, that's one of the other useful modules in D3 is they have uh, good functions for reading data files. you can get your data anywhere as long as it ends up as a JavaScript array or JavaScript object. But usually it's in a uh, either a separate file or separate web service where you're making uh, XML HTTP request and grabbing that data. But if you use the d3s Functions which kind of wrap the native XHR uh, functions, then they come with extra methods for reading common data types. So uh, things like a tab delimited or comma separated uh, variable is a very common way of passing data files around in... Uh, most scientific fields, it's it's a very compact way of storing a data table, and so there's an easy way where a single method will read that in and turn it into an array of JavaScript objects that you can then use. So uh, uh, it, that, that is a, a very useful thing. The one thing that uh, confuses beginners is understanding that these things are asynchronous because they're making a request to a web server and uh there are certain things that you then have to react in your program and anybody who programs ajax or web apps already knows that but somebody who's coming into uh D three from other fields that tends to be a sticking point where they don't understand that the data isn't there as soon as the uh, function mm. gets called. Mm. Uh,
0: in my case, I use WebSockets to get uh, real time updates uh, uh, from from my web server to to my web page that uh, includes the D three uh, visualization.
1: You, yeah, that, well, that's the thing. It's because it's. Uh, you're working in the DOM and you're working just with JavaScript, you can really use any method you want to get your uh, data object updated and then use D3 from there on. So When you have uh, dynamically updated uh, data rather than a single data file, there are all the other tools that you use for dynamic updates and notifications can be used as well.
0: Mm. Oh, you—you you have uh, we have some problems with the uh, with with the sound here, but uh, I think we we managed them anyway. Uh, how is it about map? Uh, that's a rather uh, popular things to to visualize visualize oh, I'm, I'm a bit shy today I think to, to visualize uh, data from all different regions and so on is that a good uh, fit for d3 it
1: is under certain cases there are um, lots of add-ons to d3 that are specific for visualizing, Uh, maps as uh, SVG paths or even drawing them to canvas or something Uh, the one thing to remember about that is maps are a lot of data and it depending on what you're doing it may be better to use a image based uh, map approach but when you really need control over the individual shapes in your map and need them to be interactive, need them to be dynamically styled, then that is definitely a good use for uh, D3. And the one really useful thing that uh, uh, someone named Jason Davies has uh, put a lot of work into is changing map projections. So you have your map data with all your points in latitude and longitude, but there are many different ways you can stretch the circular or spherical nature of the globe to make a flat image. And uh, depending on what you're representing, different projections may be useful. So the really useful thing about uh, the D3 mapping libraries is the ability to create these projections dynamically that will account for, you know, in the fact that sometimes something that's a straight line in one projection is a curved line in another projection. And so you need to dynamically update the actual points that are getting drawn to the screen accordingly.
0: you you said you talk a bit about add-ons, and of course, uh, JavaScript library has a, has add-ons, and of course, a vibrant developer community and so on. But how is it with tools? Do we need any tools to, or do we have any help with the uh, tools that can make it even easier to work with D3? Uh, as in,
1: well, uh, as far as visual tools that you would in like a graphics I don't know that there are many some of the simple charting libraries have more visual interfaces to get your code out Um, but as far as other tools I mean you can integrate uh, d3 now in pretty much any uh, javascript based uh, tooling system and I know part of the reasoning behind the modularizing D3 more for the next version is to make it uh, more friendly with module-based repositories like NPM, but uh, you know, there are, are, are ways that you can take parts of D3 and integrate it with whatever JavaScript tools you're already using.
0: Uh, I saw that you are a user at CodePan, and uh, Chris, that I talk about SVG, he really loves CodePan to to use for SVG animation as SVG development, but uh, D3 is also very good to use in CodePen, or?
1: Yeah, it's definitely, you can. It doesn't seem to be the main community for the D3. um There are a couple more specific uh, communities. If uh, people are are looking for good examples, the other places to look are blocks.org, which is actually bl.ocs.org, and that was initially started by Mike Bostock, and it it basically, it's just a nice way of displaying code that's stored as GitHub Gists, and but it stores it has this nice environment where you can see the final result and also the code and a uh, the author's description of the example all at once. And there are a couple tools now for searching blocks and sort of finding things easily. And the other one is uh, tributary.io, which is a, uh, a live code editor where. That's uh, specifically designed to make it easy to work with uh, separate data files. That uh, you don't have to worry about where that data file is being hosted and cross-origin restrictions and all that.
0: Oh, great! Good to know. Uh, I think I have stumbled on both of them, but I, I, I thought CodePen was the the great thing. But this, Code, uh,
1: CodePen is wonderful. But I'm just. <laughs> it, 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 The web gets divided up into communities, and there are lots of good uh, D3 examples elsewhere.
0: Mm. Uh, uh, We should soon uh, wrap it up because we have already talked for over 30 minutes. But um, some experiences, some uh, what you should do and not do when you're working with DT. Did you have any form of anti-patterns and don't do this? Uh, help that you can give my me and my fellow newbies on D3? Um, I
1: think the biggest thing is don't try to dive in on the deep end. Um, people, There are so many cool examples out there. People grab the cool example that exactly what they want to do and think they can just change a couple things and it'll work fine and that a great way to get yourself very confused. Start with the simple examples, understand the basics, uh, like the uh, data join mechanism. There are great introductory tutorials out there, and the the, uh, examples in those tutorials might not look that special and might even be boring and not what you really want to do, but if you learn those fundamentals, you will be much better able to remix and adapt and get creative yourself. And then the other thing, as I said at the very beginning, is if you just want to throw in a data file and get back a chart, then maybe you don't need the basic D3, maybe you need one of these chart libraries that, has takes care of all the little details for you.
0: Do Do you have any to recommend?
1: Um, the main ones I think that are currently getting uh, a lot of work are NVD three and C three dot JS are pretty easy to use ones. They are. Uh, both pretty standard built on top of D3 and come with all the standard charts that you want. Um, Another one is dc.js. It is built on both D3 and uh, Crossfilter, which is a library for handling very large data sets. So if you have a very large data set that you want your users to be able to dynamically subset and see portions of it, then uh, dc.js is something to look at. Um, there's also uh, the Meso project's d3.chart, which is a little more higher level. I don't think it comes with uh, as really pre-built charts, but it's uh, Sort of a, a library for creating, define the chart once and it'll handle all the updates for you in a uh, nice way. So that's sort of in between these other ones and just working with D3 yourself.
0: Uh, and the last question, you said that D3 is, uh, is going through a, a really go- uh, big revision, it, uh, it sounds, from your talking about the new models and so on. Do you know when it will be released or is it early in the process?
1: I don't know that they have a, a date on it but probably sometime in the next year or so the new version will come out and as I said the main difference there is just breaking it up into individual modules. There are however a couple other changes that uh, have been proposed which are things to be aware of as you're going forward in the future that because some of these will be breaking changes and so just... uh, it's already problems occasionally if you find an older tutorial that was based on D3 version 1 or version 2 then things won't work if you try to run it with a version 3 library which is the current stable or version 3 and there will be again problems when things go up to version 4 and there will be a few breaking changes where if you don't understand what's going on you uh, won't know why a tutorial code that you've copied and pasted isn't working. but it's, it's not huge changes, and if you get to know, actually understand how things work, you'll be easy to adapt. But it's, uh, it's the people who copy and paste code from examples without understanding them that are going to get tripped up by changes when version 4 comes out. Uh,
0: so you think that, anyway, that D3 is a good library to, to, uh, to, to stick with? It will be for the long run here?
1: Oh, yeah, it's definitely Uh. got the community and the support and uh, just the fact that it works well with the browser and with the DOM and with features that are there. It's uh, really well integrated for, uh, for this type of thing. I'm not saying you should do everything on the web with D3, but if you're doing anything where you want your web page to dynamically match up with a large data set. It's uh, definitely something to look into.
0: Thank you very much, Emilia bellemey royds uh, for your really good insight and uh, introduction to D3 for me and my listeners. And if you want to know more about Emily. Uh, Emilia, excuse me, Emilia uh, look I- at Amazon.com I think you have written three or four books about SVG and they are rather current, all of them Or
1: Yeah, two came out uh, last year and mm-hmm. there will be one this year and one two years ago
0: mm-hmm. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Emilia and uh, I hope to see you in Sweden someday. Sometime. (laughs) Thank you very much.
1: Thank you.